Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The good ones did not survive the Holocaust. That's according to Viktor Frankl, who wrote a book titled Man's Search for Meaning. He survived the Holocaust, and he said that the only ones who did survive had to do some things that they were not proud of just to survive. He wrote about the hard fight for existence, which raged among the prisoners. It was an unrelenting struggle for daily bread and for life itself. He wrote, every man was controlled by one thought only to keep himself alive for the family waiting for him at home and to save his friends. With no hesitation, therefore, he would arrange for another prisoner to take his place in the transport or to take his place to go to the gas chambers. That is the hard reality of the Holocaust. And this took place less than 80 years ago. It's really not that long ago if you think about it. He said the best of us did not return. They cared only about saving themselves. He describes how certain prisoners in the concentration camps were given special privileges to do the dirty work on behalf of the Nazi soldiers. So basically, Jews were turning against their own and oppressing their own, stealing all of the valuable goods that the Jews brought into the concentration camps making sure that these people were stripped naked and had absolutely nothing and shaved completely hairless like babies. And these prisoners who betrayed their own were fed well. They had use to the Nazi soldiers, so they were treated much better. But even those soldiers or those prisoners who betrayed their own would have a time where they would eventually die too. Their time would run out too. By betraying their own kind, they were merely delaying death. They weren't avoiding death, they were just delaying it a little bit. Viktor Frankl in this book, Man's Search for Meaning, also talks about the phases of an inmate's mental reactions to camp life. He says that the first phase is shock. They're just in shock that this has happened to them, that they've been boarded up, crowded onto these trains and brought to a concentration camp. 
And then they're walking around through the barbed wire. And they're looking in these buildings where there are normal showers, but also gas chamber showers. The lodging, of, of course, was horrific. Eight men crammed onto one bed, pretty much, or maybe the, the, the width of a, a, a normal bed. Eating pretty much a piece of bread per day, not much more than that. And it's just a shock to the system for these prisoners. These prisoners also experienced the delusion of reprieve. This is where, as Viktor Frankl says, the, con the condemned man immediately before his execution gets the illusion that he might be reprieved at the very last minute. So these prisoners trick themselves mentally into thinking that they would somehow escape this horrifying punishment. What an absolutely condemning history. The fact that human beings put other human beings through this brutal torture. As soon as they got into these camps, about 90% of the people transported there were going to die. Everyone not fit enough for long days of hard labor and near starvation in the process was going straight into the gas chambers. Now, these prisoners also experienced sort of a grim sense of humor. They realized that they had nothing less to, left, left to lose. They were stripped down to absolutely, literally nothing. They were humiliated and naked in front of each other. And they were, in that situation, darkly humorous. They were also curious wondering how they could possibly survive what they did. They, they proved to be extremely tough, braving the cold, going so long without eating that they thought they could die, and yet they didn't. Their teeth somehow stayed in. Their gums got healthier than they ever had been. Somehow, their shirts <laughs> lasted longer than they thought they would when they were even allowed to wear one. They didn't get infected from all of the open sores on their hands from all the hard work. Light sleepers turned into heavy sleepers even when a large man was snoring right in their ear, right behind them while they slept. They were so physically and mentally exhausted at the end of the day of work that, of course, they were going to fall asleep no matter what. These prisoners would say, yes, 
A man can get used to anything, but do not ask us how. These prisoners constantly thought of suicide. They did not fear death anymore. Death would have been merciful to these people. And yet, many of them did not commit suicide, and they kept on going, and they somehow made it out. But that is a stain on human history, what happened there. And it's certainly not the only time in history where human beings have committed atrocities against other human beings. Obviously, Afghanistan right now is another example. The last count I saw, 12 U.S. soldiers had been killed in bombings near the airport in Kabul. And of course, the Taliban is on a rampage. And they even have a list of the Americans and the Afghans who helped the Americans for the last 20 years. They know exactly who to go after. And what do you think is going to happen to the people who are stuck there? It doesn't seem like the Taliban is going to budge from that, October, from that August 31st deadline. So what happens to the people who are still there, who are American or helped the Americans after that deadline passes? Afghanistan today is just a tiny picture of what the entire world is about to experience. Yes, horrifying suffering is coming. Suffering that makes even the Holocaust look like child's play. And how do we know this? Your Bible says so. And we can be absolutely sure of what the Bible says. Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. The only way that all human beings won't die is if Jesus Christ returns. That is the only hope we have of avoiding extinction. And no, it's not going to be because of climate change. We're talking about nuclear warfare. Cities left without inhabitant, leveled to the ground. Just fireballs blasting through and flattening and burning and destroying everything. And then the nuclear fallout causing 
even more suffering for the people outside of the blast range. We have the capacity to annihilate all human life from this planet many times over. Many nations today have nuclear weapons, and it's just a matter of when they will finally start to be used. If you think what's going on in Afghanistan is an atrocity, just wait a little bit. It's going to get so much worse. But the good news is that Jesus Christ is about to give all mankind rest. He's about to give us a break from the suffering. Jeremiah 31 verses 1 through 2 say, At the same time, says the Eternal, will I be the God of the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Eternal, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. This is a passage quoted in Philadelphia Church of God, Pastor General Gerald Flurry's article titled The Feast of Trumpets. And this is at PCG Church pcg.church our website just an article simply titled the feast of trumpets mr flurry says that jeremiah 31 is a feast of trumpets message he talks about the nations of israel being taken into captivity and you can prove that these nations of israel include america and britain and the Jewish nation, mainly all the English-speaking nations, and even some others, Israel will be taken as slaves. And they'll still be in dungeons when Christ returns. Yet, Christ will set them free. Mr. Flurry writes, all mankind will be given rest from famine, pestilence, war, and nuclear bombs. This is the first time ever that mankind will have real spiritual rest. And it will be forever. Suddenly there will be peace and rest for all humanity that lasts forever. So perhaps there have been times of peace physical rest on earth but human civilization has never experienced spiritual rest peace that is enforced by god himself where humans will understand the way to peace which is to obey god so that will be the first ever spiritual rest for the entire world. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, The Eternal has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Mr. Flurry writes about this verse, Israel will finally see that God never stopped loving it. All of the punishment was designed to bring Israel back to God. 
After that, God will begin to shower his blessings upon the people of Israel. So this is focusing on these end time descendants of ancient Israel because they will suffer the most in the coming great tribulation and day of the Lord, this three and a half year combined period that is really coming up fast. But the whole world is going to suffer. It's not just going to be these nations. Everyone will suffer and everyone will receive rest. And they will dance and shout for joy because they are finally free. They will return from captivity to their homelands and they will they will declare that they are going to worship God when they get there. Mr. Flurry writes, the church leads Israel to God. Then Israel leads the whole world to God. That is God's timing. Yes, there are only a handful of thousands of people today in God's one true church. People who have peace of mind, who have a living hope, who understand what the future holds. People who know God's word and stake their lives on God's promises. But soon, God's church will teach the nations of Israel, and the nations of Israel will finally be model nations for the rest of the world. The rest of the world will follow the examples of those nations as God had intended for, for it to happen in the first place. Mr. Flurry writes, God will use Israel, the chief of the nations, to lead the whole world to him starting with the understanding and proper observance of his holy days. Life is meaningless without God's master plan pictured by his holy days. God will galvanize the whole world with an inspiring and thrilling purpose. And this is why the Philadelphia Church of God observes the Feast of Trumpets every single year. This year, 2021, the Feast of Trumpets takes place on September 7th. So the night of sunset on September 6th through sunset on September 7th. And this is a day where we have double services. We hear messages throughout the day about Christ's return and how desperately we need it. Just think about the prayer outline that Jesus Christ gave his disciples in Matthew chapter six. Christ starts out by admonishing the disciples to praise God. So start your prayers by praising God. But then it talks about thy kingdom come. We have to realize every day how 
badly. We need God's kingdom. The leaders on earth today are incompetent. They cause far more suffering than happiness. They lock their people down forever. They take away all their freedoms. They strand their own citizens in Afghanistan and flee from a ragtag group of backwards terrorists. They track and monitor their own citizens and persecute their own citizens, throw them in basically modern-day gulags. I'm talking about a variety of nations today, of course, not just one nation. Plenty of tyrannical, abusive governments out there. There are entire businesses or trades based on abominable sins. Sin thrives on earth today. We're talking about sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, prostitution, pornography, drug trafficking. There is big money in these things. All of these sins that hurt other people and hurt ourselves. We are in bondage to sin as a human race and we need deliverance. Mr. Flurry says, each holy day is filled with vision. This vision of the world tomorrow is deeply etched into God's very elect today. And that's right. We have to think thy kingdom come. We have to pray thy kingdom come. And it will starting with the return of Jesus Christ. All of humanity is about to change the way they think. The way they treat each other is about to change. Notice this. This is Jeremiah 31, verses 13 and 14. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. And I will satiate the soul of the priests with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Eternal. So mourning will transform into joy. The whole world is waiting for us, Mr. Flurry writes. What a vision! Christ's return is coming soon. And with it will come a new government that will last forever and will actually bring joy, peace, and happiness to all mankind. It won't just promise big things and completely turn away from those promises. God's government will come through. That is a hope that we can absolutely believe in. 
notice here, Daniel 2, there's the, Dan, there's the Daniel 2 image, which pictures four world-ruling empires leading up to Christ's return. But it also talks about a fifth empire. Mr. Flurry has drawn a lot of attention to this recently in writing and speaking. A fifth world-ruling empire will also come on the scene. Daniel 2, verse 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So this stone will crush the Daniel 2 image. And this stone will cover the earth. This government of God not led by human beings, but by gods, by God and Christ and God's sons. The government will be perfect. It will be fair. It will be just. It will be loving. And that's what we can look forward to. If you want to learn more about the Feast of Trumpets, you can request our free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this of this show when it becomes a podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.